You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Mama's Talking Loud. I'm Jessica Rush. And I'm Kara Cooper. And you're listening to our episode with casting director and mother, Tara Rubin. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Mama's Talking Loud. I'm Jessica Rush. And I'm Kara Cooper. And today we have one of the top casting directors in New York City. Uh, her shows currently running on Broadway are Six, Dear Evan Hansen, Ain't Too Proud, Phantom of the Opera, Sing Street, which is coming in. Um, You're not very too, busy. Extremely busy. <laughs> uh, so many projects coming up. Uh, and in a way... Tara Rubin, who is with us, <laughs> is responsible for this podcast even existing because she cast Jersey Boys, and that is where Jessica and I met. Yep. So welcome, Tara Rubin. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Thank you so Thanks for being much. Here. It's for being great here. to be here. Um, we are so excited. We, As you know, this is International Women's Month, and we are highlighting women who have really um, taken control, I would say, and made their way and made a way for themselves and, and powerful women. Yeah. in an industry that um, maybe is a little more dominated by men um, mm -hmm. and have found their way through that. And of course, not to be forgotten, Tara is a mom. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just add that to the mix. Exactly. Um, Tara, will you tell us about your children? First of all, I, I want to say how fun it is to be here. And secondly, how like, I couldn't believe that the first question was, tell us about your children, which obviously it is, <laughs> given this podcast. But, you know, how infrequently that is a leading question for anyone in mm. our business. And so, and also, you know, as moms, we love to talk about our children, and we have to kind of keep that in check a lot of times, so we don't do it too much. Um, but my daughters are um, 28 and 26. Uh, Lizzie is the older one, and uh, Juliet is younger. Um, and I'm just incredibly proud of them. They're very sensitive, very, they have great sense of humor, a uh, great sense of irony. <laughs> and um, they're, they're, you know, they're just lovely people. Um, they're, one thing I'm really proud of is they're very close with each other. They shared a bedroom growing up, you know, growing up in New York yes, City. Right. They went to school together their entire lives in New York and then chose to go to college together, oh, which was dude. pretty incredible. And uh, they both live in Brooklyn now, and they're, they're you know, very close and spend a lot of time together. So um, that makes me really happy. That's so special. Yeah. I mean, you never know how siblings are going to be, right? I no. mean, it's like yes. my brother and I, well, we're six and a half years apart. And so we definitely went through a phase where it was like, he's annoying, and I don't <laughs> want him. But to think of having a sister so close in age and shared experiences and the fact that they didn't fight. I mean, I'm sure they had their moments, but they've, they're so close, you know, they yeah. didn't. I think there's something to that, that sharing a room too. My husband is one of six kids 
And when he was 11, they all moved to New York. And he shared a room with three of his siblings. So they so there were four kids in one room and two kids in another. And they're really, really close. They're like a really close-knit family. Um, so I think there's something about having to be like kind of Having shared space, shared personal space. And limited shared space. I think, you know, if the there was one television, so if we were going to watch television, everybody had to do it together or yeah. someone had to go do something else. And the only other thing you could really do was, you know, play with your toys or read or something. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that was really helpful. And there was, you know, a living room, a dining room, and two bedrooms. That was yeah. kind of the apartment. And so, you know, there was a lot of gathering at the dining room table to do homework, to do SAT prep. They would do their homework and I would work, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I do think that, you know, there's so many. I loved raising kids in New York City. And I, I like to I, hear that. <laughs> I really see like what those advantages, you know, that really was sort of an advantage. I I could really keep close tabs on them without like, pretending that I wasn't, you right, know? Right, right. Exactly. Because, exactly. I mean, raising kids here is such a strange um, and wonderful thing in ways. And we're raising Elliot here, and we want to stay in the city. And I do think that um, the closeness of our space really helps to uh, foster our relationship with her and and with the kids in the community, too. You know, yeah. I mean, you tend to have your playground group as opposed to like yes. maybe in the burbs where you don't get to the playground as often because you have your own backyard or whatever. And so, um, yeah, I like to hear that it went so well. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I, they turned I out well. I mean, they tur- I didn't go that far. <laughs> but but um, I also would say that, uh, you know, as a working parent, it worked. And my husband worked all the time. He also, you know, has a little business and he, he was working a lot. So if I were a stay-at-home mom and I had only those four rooms as my territory and, you know, um, I might have felt completely differently about it. Uh, right. But, you know, in the time that we did have together, it worked really well. I don't know. I mean, I am currently in the burbs and currently not in a show. And being in the suburbs and not having the energy of the city tra- drives me insane. So, you know, <laughs> I get in here as you, much as I possibly can. You can come to my house. Okay. <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about your journey to becoming Tara Rubin Casting? We know for years you worked with Jeffrey Johnson and Vinnie Liff, um, and who were so well-known in our industry. Yeah. Um, and I, I had the opportunity to audition for them a little bit when I was starting out. But um, tell us a little bit about your journey. Well, I worked there for 15 years, and I started as the casting assistant and uh, just sort of stuck around. Um, And so, you know, I really, I think about their influence on me kind of every day because I I did have, you know, the opportunity to live and work with the like such pioneers in yeah, our business really amongst like the, Titans. yeah. And, and amongst the first independent casting directors and amongst the first who kind of maintained long running shows and had multiple companies of shows. So the whole sort of like format for that, you know, I feel like I got the, the, they laid the groundwork for that and I was able to be a part of, you know, I learned that from them. So yeah, they're a part of every day. They also, um, they loved their work and that was infectious too, I think. So no matter, you know, what was going on or how, how pressured or stressful or, or, um, you know, overworked we were, there was always like a sense of camaraderie and humor and, uh, you know, it might be nine o'clock and we just, you know, finished up, but, uh, 
they were it just the spirit of that company is something that I feel really uh, fortunate to have learned and been a part of. So, um, so I worked there for 15 years, and then you know I, I, I was just at that place I think where I was thinking uh, if like is this the most I'm going to do? Mm-hmm. And I knew I loved casting, but they also had been doing it for quite a while, and and I wasn't sure you know, if I should sort of like try to stay and take over their business or, you know, as w- mm-hmm. when the time came. And, you know, it was difficult because we were so close. And um, but I kind of just knew I had to do it. I just wanted to see how much I could possibly accomplish, mm-hmm. you know, in my own time here. So um, and, you know, it's a great tribute to them that we stayed really I mean, Jeff is still amongst my best friends. I see him a lot. We mm-hmm. do a lot of things together. So a tribute to them, I think, that we were able to make that that change yeah. and and remain close he was uh, he allowed you to fly free yes almost they like did. a parent you know they did they did and um and so you know then that gave me a great foundation um you know also I think the fact that I had done it for so long I kind of had the support of like the agent community right. and people were like oh she's going on her own now and so mm-hmm. so I I I know that like I it I was a really lucky person. I worked really hard, but I was really lucky when I started on my own. Well, and when you started, when you decided to branch off onto your own, did you have your daughters at that point? Because I can imagine taking on the idea of beginning this business (laughs) of casting in New York City with, I'm assuming, small girls. Yes, they they were. um, It was 2001. So they were what, like, you know, seven and nine. And um, yeah, I didn't really. I. I didn't really think it through, <laughs> like which is what that better, which is right? yeah. <laughs> like what the impact was going to be on my on my personal life, and and I didn't expect really to be quite as busy as I was from the very beginning. So, um, but I had an amazing babysitter, Giselle, who's still one of my closest friends, and so she. Um, you know, I couldn't have done it without her. And mm-hmm. the girls are still really close friends with her. And, and she has two daughters that we, you know, so we're kind of blended on uh, with them. <laughs> and uh, so that made a big difference, you know, having, because I didn't have family close by. So mm-hmm. that made a huge difference, having a great babysitter who stayed with us for 12 years. So to that end, um, you mentioned the girls were seven and nine when you started your own company. And that would mean that you were pregnant while you were over at Johnson Lift, right? So... Um, how was that for you? I mean, it was the 90s, so it wasn't like prehistoric times with women <laughs> working in the workplace and mothers, but it definitely wasn't where we are now. You know, they were, the, uh, Vinny and Jeff had, I don't think anyone had ever been married who worked there. So then having someone who was going to be a parent, right. with a mom, was was really kind of a new thing for them. And they, just as I think as a part of who they were as people they sort of embraced it they were amazing about it um I guess if you had asked them at the time they would have said oh well this is our policy but it wasn't even policy it was just whatever I needed um you know was available to me so with Lizzie I took two months off and with Juliet I think I took a little over three so um you know they they allowed for that but also at that time there was a sense that you know, you, there weren't, I didn't expect very many accommodations because that just was the way it was. And so anytime I asked for one, they were happy to grant it. Um, and so they, I, 
it all went pretty smoothly, you know, and and they were incredibly generous about, you know, whatever I needed. I just didn't ask for very much, Mm -hmm. you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think there's still a few, I mean, truthfully, there's still a bit of that today. I mean, you get an offer and it's like, oh, do I bring up my child? Do I talk about the fact that I need an extra room in my housing or whatever, you know, or, um, Plane tickets, or even or, do I mention it in the room? You know, in the audition room, I feel like sometimes I, I mention my kids. If I, if it's a scene, then I'm playing a mother or something like that. Or and I'm like, maybe I shouldn't have done that. I don't know if it's if it's beneficial to bring it into the room. Although I don't want to hide it. No, you know? no. I, I think it's important that you all mention it because the more you do, the more it just becomes a, a standard of, you know, our our industry and our lives. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, it took me a while to adjust to, uh, agents saying things like, well, she has, she has childcare issues. She can't take that appointment. And I was like, well, can't she get a babysitter? That's Mm -hmm. what I always did. And then I really began to shift that thinking and realize that the more people speak up, about the needs that parents have and moms have in the workplace, the more like policy will just have to change mm-hmm. because you know it, it, there's no way around it. So I don't know how much that is happening. I know people like Ann Court at, at Disney is working really hard and yeah, um, to sure. to uh, m- make a policy that that's that's advantageous for for parents and particularly for women since women take you know a oftentimes take a, a, a bigger role in parenting than so you know I think that the speaking up is a it's good important. thing well thanks yeah, for saying that. that I mean yeah. that's good to hear because and I wonder and for our listeners too yeah for sure I mean it's of course you are a woman and a mother so you might be a little I mean I would think you probably are a little more yeah well, open to that yeah well also you know I have to check myself sometimes because I'll think like uh oh let's say if this person wants to tour and I'll think, hmm, she has kids. I don't know if she'll be able to. And then I think, like, it's not my job to decide whether or not, you know, I can call her in. Like, let her tell me if right. she – and so it just, you know, it, it's a, a lifetime of thinking one way and, sure. and learning how to change it. Well, well, even before we started, you said you had listened to the episode with Becky and Megan about touring with children and that it was educational to you in the ins and outs of what makes that possible, and they did it. Yes. So it wasn't it wasn't a question um, – I mean, I know it, it took a lot of figuring out for them, but they were going to take the job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, when something means a lot to you or, I mean, truthfully, when you need health weeks or yeah, when you absolutely. need, you know, you have a family to support. And, you know, it's something because I don't think they probably have ever talked about asking the men. Like there was never a pause probably to say like, well, let's not call him in because he has a child. You know, there's that double standard and mentality of, well, the mom is the one who would sacrifice and decide to, you know, quit the business or things like that. And I'm sure you've been in sessions where people probably think someone has quit the business or they've discounted or pushed people to the side because they are a mother or, you know. And so there is, there was this sort of moment where you're like, do I talk about it? Sort of like with our age, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like Mm -hmm. we're becoming more truthful and honest and uh, real with just who we are as people. And while that's wonderful and very freeing, there's also that the fear. There's a fear. Yeah. Yeah, Especially because, you know, moms aren't sexy. Sorry. I just did air quotes. You know what I mean? Like, well, and that's I a whole other topic about how we have topic. to remain sexy in this industry. Right, right. right. Yeah. That's a whole other topic. Oh but I'm sure that there comes a point where they're like, 
Because I have someone in my mind who I know for sure the minute I had a child was like, oh, not sexy anymore. Gone. <laughs> She's not gone. But, well, you know. Yeah. And I've, I had several people say to my manager, oh, I thought she left the business. And he was like, no, she didn't leave the business. Right. She had a kid. She t- went on maternity leave for three months or whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah. She's back. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Um, did you ever feel the need to hide the fact that you were a mom? It's not so much that I hid it as I didn't talk about it. And I think that, you know, I was so eager to be taken seriously. And that's what women of my generation, I think, tried to do. We tried to prove that we could do things that men did and that we could shoulder the responsibilities and that we were as smart and, you know, we could we could do it. And so in order to do that, you... You just kept that part of your life to the side. And, you know, the amount of discussion that takes place in the workplace nowadays about weddings and babies and all of that, it just just wasn't a part of the work culture. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you wanted to be taken seriously, if you wanted to advance and if you wanted to be – and in casting it was more like not so much advancing but – to be able to sit at a table and have a director take you seriously or to have a producer or a writer or, you know, actors. And so it, it was more that we just maintained it by ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you didn't you didn't mention it. You didn't say to someone, well, I have a child care issue. you got a, a babysitter. And I remember one time, um, and this was at a period where Giselle was going to college at night, so we had a second babysitter who came at like four, so she could get to college, and then that babysitter stayed until like seven when I got home from work or whatever. And I was in a meeting, and there was the man who was running the meeting um, had just had a child, and he said, I'm so sorry, it was like six o'clock, and he said, I'm so sorry, I have to go, I have to bring this to an end because I have a nanny problem. And everybody at the meeting was like, oh, of course. Oh, please go. Yes, we understand. Oh, that's so, you know, it was uh-huh. so great oh, that he had a nanny dad, problem. Uh-huh. And, and it was like, and I have the second shift coming in right, right now, you know. Right. Oh, but that the thing that kept me from being bitter about all of that <laughs> was that when men came in and started circulating pictures of their new babies and men started saying, oh, I have to go, I have a violin concert, oh, I have to go, there's parent-teacher, whatever it was, then it became okay for women to do it too. And so it it ended up kind of having a a great advantage to all of us, but it was just sort of irksome. Yeah, oh my gosh. (laughs) When you mentioned that that story, I started to (laughs) claim. But it just, you know, it was sort of... um, you know, it took, I think, men being married to women who were also working mm-hmm. and, and, and continuing to work during the early childhood years. Mm-hmm. And it and it it took them, you know, taking that interest in being a parent that, right. that yeah. kind of changed it for the rest of us. Well, the real co-parenting that has started, right, in our in our world. It's not like when women stayed home and did all of it and the fathers came in and said, good job, son, and then, you know, went to bed or whatever. So I think that as that has happened, I mean, that's refreshing, but also, yes, irksome for <laughs> sure that, you know, women, because ultimately, not to discount men or the dads or those who are also parenting, but women do take on the bulk of all of it, the mental load. So when you already are working, oh my gosh, so many hours as you are, I know in the casting process and also going to shows and going to that, I mean, you're constantly doing things. 
And then to have the mental load of scheduling the sitter and figuring that out and just also the doctor's appointments and all the things. It's like we what they don't realize when they're sitting at the table is that we actually can. We're probably the most fierce people sitting there because of all the things we have to manage. Do you know what I mean? I mean, the, the balls that we have to keep in the air, you want us on your team because we know how to multitask, you know, down, honey, you know? So it's like, bring us in. And I think also, you know, Casey Levy said this. Um, it was actually one of our truth bombs, but I think what we are, when, having, you, when yeah. you have a child, you're, or when you, when hire, you hire an actor, you hire a whole person and we come with children. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's true. Yeah. And I think that, like you said, the more of us that start to sort of speak up and that's dads too. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, Eric had a gig out of town and he said, I need X, Y, Z for my wife and child. And he got it, you know, which, but <laughs> he also, also didn't hesitate to he ask. He did not hesitate you probably to ask. Would have. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Whereas I, all I asked for, you know, I was thinking, well, maybe I, could I ask for some help with childcare, you know, or whatever. And, and my agent, God love them. I was like, maybe we could find it in a different way. You know what I mean? There's still yeah. a hesitation, even though my agents are really great and they've never made me feel, you know, I remember I was pregnant after I'd only been with them for like six months as an agency. And I remember being so nervous to tell them that I'm about to be out of commission for a little bit, but they like, you know, they but, didn't hesitate. It was yeah. great. So it's, it, it, it speaks to this idea of visible parenting and, and Georgia Stitt actually commented on this in our last episode that it was, a, it actually is becoming harmful to be an invisible parent, to not talk about your children, to not let people know that that's part of your life because we kind of live in this culture where Women are doing it all, just like you did, and you felt the need to not talk about it because it just wasn't part of the ether at that time. But if we don't have this conversation of what's required of us at home for men and women, then we're never going to make the forward progress to have an equal viewpoint for us not mm-hmm. to be nervous to ask for things as women. Um, and, and same for men, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're, men in positions of power are saying, I want to be home for my kid's soccer game or, you know, I can't do this because it's my son's school play, whatever it is, um, to kind of bring family mm-hmm. into um, a, more, a higher level of importance in our society. I, I so agree. I think that's that's so important. And and I think we still have, uh, you know, a lot of a long way to go. Yes. Oh, with agreed. It. Uh, after the uh, Women's Day on Broadway last year, a young woman who is a choreographer and married to a choreographer came up to me, and I said, um, I said, oh, it was so fun. You know, your husband brought the baby to an audition because we had an audition. He had to bring the baby. It's only like an hour or two. And so, you know, the, the kids at the audition were taking pictures. And, and I said, you know, we so you know, we got <laughs> to meet the baby. And she said, yeah, that's great for him. But I could never do that. Mm-hmm. And yep. so I thought, oh, she's, she's you know, right. Yeah, she's I, right. The way I felt has not completely been erased. No. And we need to. And so, right. you know, what it's going to take is women bringing their kids to auditions. Mm-hmm. Right. You yeah. know, and it, you know, it. It, Kristen Blodgett and I had to bring our kids to to an audition one time, and she it was I I didn't have a babysitter, so she brought her child and her babysitter, and the kids played in the corner. And guess what? The audition took place. Right. You know, it didn't slow anything down. Mm-hmm. Uh, work was accomplished as right. if there were no children present. And so, you know, it, of course, 
it can happen and and everything still moves forward when one of my staff Lindsay Levine had a, a baby she worked from home most of the time she came in when she needed to and she cast like three Broadway shows <laughs> in those conditions wow, you know yeah. with like a teeny infant you mm-hmm. know and so you know it can work yeah, um, yeah. but I, I felt sort of like that made my that really kind of broke my heart when yeah, I thought, of course like I didn't even think of that. Yeah. I think it also has to do with status. Like if you're the boss, you can do anything. So if you're the boss, you can have kids. If you're the producer, if you're the director, if you're mm-hmm. but if you're an actor, you're a casting director, your place in the hierarchy is just not in a place where you feel like you can speak up about those things. Yeah. I right. think that Absolutely. has something to do with it too. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think it's amazing that over all the years that you've been casting, you've only had like one (laughs) or a few moments when you've had to bring one of your girls with you. You know what I mean? I just feel like the juggle. Of course, I'm having Giselle. I'm sure like she was full time. And on the weekends, I felt a little more comfortable doing it. Like if we had a Saturday audition and things like that, I felt like, well, you know, we're just going to have to do this because there's no other way to do it. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, speaking, <laughs> you bring up weekend auditions. I feel like. I feel like these have become more and more like there was a time <laughs> that where it was like Monday through Friday and sort of you sort of knew as an actor if you particularly if you weren't employed at the time you're like oh I can go away for Saturday and Sunday or <laughs> right. I can just breathe easy or, or whatever know I have nothing or at least Sunday weekend. then it like started to be Saturday then yeah. Sunday you're like Sundays are good but now it's like a seven day week and Tara on top of that the cell phones the internet the emails you're so accessible I mean what has that been like like the you know back in the day you'd have to like go get a fax for your size or <laughs> actually bring I'm, in I'm, a hard I'm, copy a headshot I'm, and resume yeah exactly <laughs> Come like, by and pick it up exactly go yeah, buy yeah, and pick exactly. it up or I like call your service yeah i used to drop scripts off at stage doors a lot like on oh, my way out right. of the I, office yes yeah, stop know, by your agent's and, office and get your sides i forgot oh about God. we're aging ourselves for sure Oops. but that is I like i tape them to the door like when you know i'd be closing up at 8 30 and somebody still hadn't come by so i would like you know tape it to the door for them and things like that so yeah the technology has has it's just we I I guess no one foresaw the impact that it was going to have all the great things the you know being able to have things you know a script that had to go to LA overnight by FedEx is there in a second all those things that are so great but it also means that it's like you know you're pulling it behind you all the time and and it's no different Um, It comes, I think the capability, the fact that you can do it to the producers 
it makes them think, oh, well, then let's do it. Right. Yeah. You know, you right. can go back to your office and get like eight more people to come tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, I, I had a, a director who was doing it and finally I had to just say, you know what, we need a day. We need the actors yeah. need it. I need it. We can't just be, you know, turning this around overnight like right. that. And um, it, 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 it's going to take a similar thing. It's going to take agents, and there are a few who say, like, we close our office at 6 o'clock. If this comes in after 6, that's that. And, you know, um, it, 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 it's, I don't know what to do about it, really. Yeah. You know, when someone says, well, we'll have to do this on Sunday at 10, because that's the only time I have, mm. um, it's really, I'm not in a position, right. quite frankly, if and I want still, to stay. And this is you, yeah, like you're terrible. If, if I want to stay competitive, I've got to say yes say to right. doing it, yeah. you know? But and not just that, the around the clock. I mean, you must be working into the evening almost all the time. Well, and you're getting sides at all 8 the o'clock time. at yes. night. Yeah, you exactly. know, you're getting music at, mm-hmm. at 8 o'clock at yeah, night. Right. You know? And so, is know, there an, can I ask you, is there an awareness of when those moments happen? Because, I mean, yeah, it's one thing to get them a week before, a few days before, whatever. But when those come in, like, so late, and obviously it's not castings, it's the producers and the people needing to get it done. And then we're, the turnaround is so fast. And say, for instance, like, I'm in a show. So something comes in for me at 8 o'clock at night. I can't look at that until maybe 11 or a little bit at intermission. And then I'm up at 6.45 with my child to get her to school, and the appointment is at 10. Do you know what I mean? It's like... Is there any sort of consideration have you noticed taken or is it all just like tough luck, figure it out, come in and you know what I mean? Like, is there any sort of consideration taken? I'm always wondering, like, I know you're aware that we just got it the night before. We do try to say something. I'll I'll try to say like jokingly, I know you've had a whole, you know, five hours with this, you know, a whole 24 hours with this material or whatever. Yeah. I guess i mean in television and film right. i think it happens a lot those more are yeah, yeah, because sure. and that's just you know they're getting pages from their producers right. and and i don't think that they have any more control the casting directors in those projects i don't think they have any more control over it than we right. do in the theater mm-hmm. but um i don't know what can really change it you know as long as everybody's working on so many projects at the same time. The directors are going to carve out, you know, two hours on Sunday. And um, that's when they're going to want to do it. So I guess we just all have to kind of... Well, it's we appreciate those moments when you say something jokingly (laughs) to just sort of let them know, like, this is... (laughs) we're trying to cram it and we of course want to do the best we can you know to for the audition but there's only so much you can get in there and it becomes sort of like to like why are we even doing this right like this person has only had the material for a day right you know you all have like a minute and a half to concentrate on it you know and so like what does it really is it worth the time are we going uh, are we really going to accomplish anything under these conditions right because you want to get the best out of the people coming in Right. you know yeah right you want to yeah. make it yeah you yeah. that's make definitely it. a conversation that it, is that's going to be ongoing <laughs> yeah I, I mean I, it's just part of our society too it doesn't it's not just limited to casting I no. mean it's everything being yes. reachable at any moment of the day I, I mean I just and for me right now like after I get my kids to bed that's the time I can deal with emails so in a way I'm thankful that I can sit down and take care of it but I'm also not expecting anybody to answer me then 
you know, I'm right. expecting them to answer me in their own time, in their own leisure. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's being, I, I struggle a lot with being reachable all the time. I can mm-hmm. only imagine with all the shows you've got I going, Tara. I can't actually imagine. <laughs> only imagine the hundreds Ugh. of, I'm sure you get hundreds of emails a day. It's kind of, it, it, it becomes like a big part of the day is dealing with the email. And I, I do a lot of that at night. And it's a great thing about the technology. You can time shift. I worked this morning before I came here. And right. that was great because now it's out of the way, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, and I used to have to go to the office to do it. Right. Work. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and yeah. Um, well, that at least you can, can do, do it at do home. Do things, you yeah. know, in your sweatpants. So yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so that's good. Sit in your bed. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Uh, speaking of being, you know, getting the call or the email or whatever, you're the one who gets the email um, or phone call when a woman gets pregnant on a show and needs to take a maternity leave. What has been the response to that? Um, Is it cut and dry? Do you get the feeling from producers that it's something that is inconvenient? I mean, uh, how does that Probably varies Come through. From yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I I personally have not heard, you know, oh, this is a terrible problem. Um, now we have to deal with it. If that if that has been said in another office or someplace right, yeah. else, I, it doesn't usually get down to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and fortunately, your union has you know rules so that you can take some take some leave and your job is held for you. So that's good. I don't think it's enough leave and, you know, probably. And we're working on it (laughs) compared to other countries, you know, where people take a year and what isn't Scandinavia. They're like multiple years for for child rearing. It's a completely different work culture too. Yes. And the economy and everything. Yeah. But um, so, no, I I have to say I've never um, heard anyone say like, Oh, I wish we could get rid of her. At, this is just so inconvenient. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, it is, you know, it's always going to be an inconvenience to someone when a right. woman gets pregnant. Like, mm-hmm. that's just the way it is, yeah. you know. Yeah. But fortunately. But we're going to continue the human race. And so <laughs> it's there's always that. Condition. We have to, we I mean, you know, it is I mean. part of what, <laughs> what it all is. Well, I want to say something. And I can only imagine, like, you're the way you are just in general. But And this sort of ties into something that Rick Ellis has said about your office, which we'll get into creatively. But I just want to say personally, coming in for your office is such a treat always. And it's always been that way. And everyone is so warm. And special shout out to Mary Sugarman. She's our girl. (laughs) But um, I just, you know, it's, you know, when you're going in for Tara Rubin casting that there's amount of pressure that's off. Like it's not, you don't have to. There doesn't feel as much judgment, and it always feels like you are a cheerleader on the other side of the table for us, mm-hmm. and that is so helpful, and it means so much to us. So I I, I, yeah. I can't agree with that more. And the thing that rings true to me is respect. Mm-hmm. Like I think, um, and you know, for Jessica and I, who you know, Jessica is now doing some principal roles, but have mainly been in the ensemble. I think that there's a level of respect that is not given to you when you do ensemble work um, from the other side of the table. And I've never, ever felt that from you guys. I just feel like I'm seen as the whole person that I am and what I can contribute um, to the piece. And I just, like Jessica said, like, I just love going in for your office. So, yeah. Well, of course, it's wonderful to hear that. And thank you. Um, But I, when people tell us that, I, I, I have to always say that um, 
to do less than that would not just not be acceptable as far as I'm concerned. I mean, that's the way Vinny and, Vinny and Jeff did it. And you just kind of, you do have to think that this person got the material last night and he still learned a song. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, he got yeah. the mater- she got the material this morning and I know she took a child to school, but right. she, this is, at least she's got this much going, you mm-hmm. know? And so, and, and so it, it's like to, to be less than that, I, 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 I feel like I shouldn't get credit for it because it should be like the, well, that should well, be the base. It should be for sure. You know? But you know, I think it has to do with, it's, it starts at the top, right? With everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, with hell, with our country right now, you mm-hmm. know, like what's happening as it trickles down from him. No, but I just, you know, it sets, you are Tara Rubin casting and you set the tone. And I do think, it, like you said, with Vinny and Jeff, like they showed you how to be that way and made a warm environment and created a great workplace. And you've carried that over to your office. And, um, and it trickles down whenever yeah. there's someone in the position at the top who is warm and um, caring and respectful of people's time and their energy and uh, appreciative of the work that's being done, then those underneath them follow suit. And, and also you tend to hire people who have the same vibe, you know, the same energy and... Well, I have been thinking recently about because you know we had I had Eric Woodall with me for so long, and then uh, Lindsay and Caitlin both went on to to do other things, and so it has made me think a little bit about um, you know the values of our office and like what they are, and and that is definitely one of them uh, to to always treat our you know the actors with respect and our teams with respect that we that we show up with our materials organized and that we have, you know, really done the best we can with, with each audition that is not just thrown together or any of that. So thank you. I was just going to say something I wanted to ask you about, and we sort of have touched on women and auditioning, but you know, there's a struggle, I think sometimes to come into the room and be seen when you're pregnant for projects that are in the future. And, um, Sometimes I think actors, we talk about how there's a lack of imagination with them being able to see that and who we will be after the fact. Yeah. Do you find I mean, that? I mean, there's a lack of imagination with like in hair general. Colors yeah. Sometimes. I mean, like, like I remember being told to go out and buy a wig for an audition because they're like, he's not going to, they're not going to take you seriously because you're blonde. Right. You know what I mean? If you're so, blonde, you're an ingenue. Yeah, so. exactly. But it was that, that, that yeah. literally happened to me. But I'm, you know, so I can't imagine how someone walking in being pregnant might be. And I know that you, being a woman and a mother, you're able, I'm sure, to imagine that differently than perhaps the men behind the table. And have you noticed that that's a a challenge of sorts or? I haven't really. Um, Do you do you bring people in even when they're pregnant? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. Of course. But, um, you know, it hasn't happened that much. Mm. Um, I remember Liz Calloway did. Miss Saigon, like six weeks or eight weeks after her baby was born. Mm -hmm. And um, so she would have been, she was pregnant during that process. Uh, And, but I, you know, I I don't, it has never, I've never heard anyone say, well, she can't get the job, she's pregnant. Or like, we can't possibly uh, imagine what she'll be like when she's not pregnant. So we can't take her seriously today. Okay. I can't. I, I don't remember hearing that happen. Phew. Well, yeah. Tara, that's refreshing. <laughs> I mean, that's refreshing because you know, I mean, actors we get all in our head too, and we'll be like, "Oh, I'm sure they just yeah. wrote me off." I mean, I know it. Like you said, you do. There have been moments where, like, well, don't we don't know if she would consider it because she is a mother or things like that. But it's nice to know that someone on the other side of the table is stepping up and saying, "Well, let's ask the person. Mm-hmm. Let's ask her," and not. 
assume. Yeah. I think that's the most egregious thing that we that you know that I've ever done is you know kind of stop myself by saying mm, she has a child and then you know having to remind myself like don't do that mm-hmm. you know that that's probably and I think we all kind of have to keep ourselves from thinking that way. Yeah. Um, but I I haven't seen other discriminations against pregnant women. Oh, that's good. That's wonderful. Um, yeah. I want to say this about what Rick Ellis said. You want to read the I want to read Rick the quote. Ellis quote. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to read it? Or do you? Go for okay. It. Rick Ellis has said of your office, Tara and her team aren't merely casting people. They are creative partners. They treat each project with a kind of care and respect and attention that parents try to give their kids. It's personal with them, and they become partners in the birth and upbringing of our children. And after all, that's how we see our shows, as our babies. Like all good parents, these folks are devoted and endlessly tenacious. Like all good partners, they are fiercely loyal and jaw-droppingly creative. So we just want to (laughs) say... That's all true. Yeah. I mean, that's a hell of a quote. I mean, it's and it's I also really love lovely. that your that the the your value is being held to the standard <laughs> of a parent. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Right. Like the whole basis for this quote is saying that you are so special because you treat the these projects as your babies, and that that what you bring to the table is what a parent brings to a child. I mean, I just think there's so much beauty in that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love that quote when we. Uh, first decided that we would do a, a website. Uh, we were consulting with website people and, and someone said, you should really get a quote from someone. And Rick is really close. Wow. with. We're very close with him and love him so much. And so he seemed like a good person to ask. And I think he wrote that about four or five years ago, but I can't bear. I can't bear to take <laughs> it, it down. Rings true. Why would you ever break, take it down? So, it's so, so true. Like, but um, I, you know, I he is uh, such a talented and creative, a lovely, and person. wonderful person. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, well, we, love him. we want to say thank you for paving the way. Thank you for showing that you can be a mother and be powerful and <laughs> yeah. claim claim your your place. Yeah. And, your and, place in this world. Yeah. I mean a woman first and foremost, Tara Rubin Casting is I I mean I can't really think of another casting office <laughs> in like, in theater that's um of your magnitude and size and and success. So you really have um, yeah. paved the way for future women and mothers to do something similar. Well, I'm learning from you all all the time, too, you know, that um, and so, uh, uh, you know, going back to earlier in this conversation, we talked about like my having to adjust my thinking about things. So um, I appreciate what I get back from you all with the way you are kind of changing the way it is to be a mom in the workplace and, and in the theater. So keep that up because it helps me, you know. <laughs> well, thank you, Tara. Thank we you. appreciate I mean, it. Yeah. And thank you for being thank here. Thank you so this much. This was fun. Yeah. So lovely. Absolutely. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Mama's Talkin' Loud. Special shout outs to Rachel Spencer Hewitt for our fabulous graphic, Kristen Anderson Lopez, Bobby Lopez, and Justin Ward Weber for our awesome theme song, our producers, Dory Berenstein, Alan Seals, and of course, the Broadway Podcast Network for bringing us to you. If you like what you're hearing and you want to keep the conversation going, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And of course, subscribe and review us wherever you listen to your podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in.
Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There is enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. <laughs> 